0: Today on Abounding Grace, we learned that generous giving often comes at times of desperation. True sacrifice, I've found, often comes from
1: desperation and not abundance. We tend to think that times of abundance is a time to bless and serve and give to others, and, and that's true. But it's also in times of desperation, times when our faith is being stretched, that the Lord desires our giving heart to grow and flourish because giving releases the blessings of the Lord. Not in the word faith kind of movement way where if you give to get. No, no, no. When you release, you give and release yourself from holding so tightly to what you have, God begins to bless.
0: This is amazing grace. Aurora, This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Find your place in 1 Kings 17 as we get ready for another helpful study on the life of Elijah. Picture the scene. There's a widow in deep distress with no family and no help. There's a drought in the land, and she's desperate. Then along comes Elijah, and he asks her to give what to her must have felt like everything she does, and God would bless her as a result. Through this, we get a great picture of generosity. Let's see how we too can be generous givers to the Lord. Here, Elijah's asking for food, and the widow's
1: thinking of death. Don't miss that. That's what's on her mind. What's on her mind is she's about to die. There's no hope of it getting better, no hope of it improving. It's a desperate time. And in the realm of generosity, Jesus would point out to us, he would teach us. And I can picture this in my mind, Jesus there at the temple watching people give, the Bible says, he was watching them give at the temple. And there was a religious guy, a religious leader who was making sure that everybody knew how much he gave. And he was blowing the trumpet and getting everyone's attention because in the temple they had boxes around the temple that were shaped like horns. And that would be the offering box. It's a similar pattern that we use here at Calvary where we don't take a formal offering where the ushers are coming out and we're passing bags and neither are we against that. But we have boxes around the sanctuary and and that heart of worship when you come to church, when you come to the gathering, it's already on your mind. I'm coming to give, not receive. And so the offerings are put in the boxes or even now you can give online and set it up there. Well, Jesus was there watching people give. And he saw the religious leader getting everyone's attention to show how much he was giving. Oh, look how much he was giving. Look, what a great giver he was. And then the widow came. You watch the widow too. And she dropped in what would be the equivalent of a third of a penny or a couple pennies. You, you could put it this way. You know, The religious leader is dropping a thousand bucks and here's the widow giving a couple pennies. And because we judge outwardly, it would be very easy to say, well, look at him, what great giver he is. Look at how much he gives and how much he loves God and how much he loves the temple. Wasn't true. Wasn't true at all. We might look at the widow and say, what's two pennies? What's a penny? What's a third of a penny? You know, why don't you save up until at least you get a quarter or a dollar and then you give it to the Lord? But that's not how Jesus saw it. He says, you guys watch. As I'm watching, this gal, she gave it all. The religious ruler, he gave out of his abundance. Anybody can give out of their abundance. Everybody can give out of their abundance. But Jesus was teaching us, can you give it all? Can you give it all? That's what's happening with this widow here. That was the question that Elijah, that, that's what he was requesting. Can you give me all? What little you have. A little bit of water, a little bit of oil. Can you give me all? It was a huge question. You know, we tend to think that that abundance, and and, and it's good that God had, I mean, we live in the land of abundance. We live in the world of abundance. We live in the country of abundance. We live in the Western church of abundance. And listen, if you're in a place of abundance and you are compared to, I don't know what the latest statistic is, but let's just say 97% of the world 97% of the world lives at a desperate poverty level. And even some of the most difficult situations in our country are above that. As difficult as they are. We live in the world of abundance, whatever level of abundance that we have, and we can't forget, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. And yet God doesn't even measure on that level all the time in the sense that what the widow had, God required it from her, he asked it from her. True sacrifice often comes from desperation, not abundance. True sacrifice, I've found, often comes from desperation and not abundance. We tend to think that times of abundance is a time to bless and serve and give to others, and and that's true. But it's also in times of desperation times when our faith is being stretched, that the Lord desires our giving heart to grow and flourish because giving releases the blessings of the Lord. Not in the word faith kind of movement way where if you give to get. No, no, no. When you release, you give and release yourself from holding so tightly to what you have, God begins to bless. You don't boss God around and you don't give to get. But when you give, especially in difficult times, The Lord is there to bring blessing and encouragement and himself. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus taught us this. He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put back into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And here this widow is being asked for everything. And Elijah says, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of you. Don't worry. Just give what you have. Bring it to me. Give what you have. He says in verse 16, bring it to me. Isn't that what Jesus told the kid with the bread and fish? Bring it to me. Just bring what you have. Bring me what you have. Because God God is saying to us as a church, he's saying to us as, as the church at large, bring me what you have. Don't speak about what you don't have. Bring to me what you have and I will bless it. I will break you and I will multiply it into people's lives. Bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. And that's what Elijah says. And she said, in verse 15, she went away, did according to the word of Elijah. And the result, verse 15, she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. By the way, Zarephath, one of the meanings of that city, it literally means a refining place. This was a place of refining both for the widow for Elijah. Elijah was telling her, put God first, and God will take care of you. Have faith in God. Trust him. It's almost too basic to repeat, isn't it? It's one of those foundational truths of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Put God first, and God will take care of you. Have faith in God. Trust him. Jesus would put it this way, but seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's not times of abundance only that God would ask. He also asked in times of desperation. If you'll put God first in your life, he will take care of all those things that trouble you and cause you to lose sleep and concern you. The order is always God first, followed by faith. And it's interesting as God teaches his people how to give, as God teaches his people how to tithe, they were to what? Bring the first fruits to God. we were to bring the first fruits to God. We were to give right off the top to him first before anyone or anything else, which always leads us to the question that's pretty common. I haven't heard it in a while, but it usually goes something like this. Pastor Ed, I'm learning about giving and I'm just wondering, in my giving to God, should I tithe off of the gross? Or should I tithe off of the net after taxes and everything taken out? And the answer, the Bible answer to that is to give as, as you purpose in your heart. That's the Bible answer. But as I collect the various teachings in the scriptures, one of the questions I would ask back to you is, how do you want to be blessed? On the gross or on the net? Another question I would ask you is, what does first fruits mean to you? Because if our United States government already knows to take what they believe is theirs right out of the top, isn't God greater than our government? Isn't God the author of the provision that he's given to us? And it's really a decision you need to make between you and the Lord. Give cheerfully, the Bible says. Give to him as you purpose. And that purpose is not like what you think you should do. That purpose is God's purpose. He's put in you. You, you, the fact that you even want to give to God reflects the relationship that you have with God. So you give because God is purposed in your heart. He's revealed to you his provision, his goodness, his faithfulness. It's not your hard work. It's not all the overtime. It's not the years you spend in college and on and on. It's God and his grace and his mercy that we have what we have. It's his faithfulness. And so to, that, to the question of whether you give on the gross or the net, I say go big because God went big for you. Trust him. It's one of the only times in the scriptures that God will say to you and to me as he said through Malachi, test me, test me on this. Go ahead. In the realm of giving, test me. Bring to me the first fruits. Bring to me what I ask and what I require, God says. And test me that I wouldn't open up the heavens to you of blessing a provision. It's a lesson of discipleship in our lives. I know that early on in our walk with the Lord, our relationship with the Lord, giving was a big deal for me because I would walk into a church that was much bigger than this and I remember thinking, this church doesn't need my money. And I was living in a time and I got saved in a time when those big scandals took place those first the first time scandal in the evangelical world took place with the televangelists like Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart and i still recall there were times when my dad wasn't much of a mocker or wasn't but when it came to those guys ripping people off on tv he had no, he would have none of that And I remember watching it on Nightline with him at night and seeing the scandal and how they stole millions and millions of dollars from faithful, loving, wonderful believers like you, like me. They completely ripped them off in the name of God. And I remember as a new believer thinking, well, it looks like I I sat in a church like this and I looked around with my human eyes and I think, they got it taken care of. It's already here. They don't need my money. And so when the offering came around and they passed an offering there, you know, I may, might drop $20 in there, which did not in any way reflect 10% of what Marie and I were making at the time, but I was giving. And that was a big thing for me to give to a church. And, and as God began to mature me and grow me, because he, here's the thing, here's the thing that you'll find out. I, I found out the hard way. If you hold back from God... If you hold back from God in every area of life, especially financially, you will always have a problem with money. It will always be an issue for you. I remember times, and I can't put it piece to piece, like God didn't show up in my bedroom and say, this is for you. But but there would be a time where I'd feel like giving, and then I'd say, no, I'm not going to give, and then the muffler would fall out of my car. And it's almost like God saying, I'll get that money out of you one way or another. And a series of events, just really weird stuff. You know, something would break. Like, it shouldn't even break. But, but it was God dealing with the issue of our hearts. So God comes to you and says, I, "I sends a messenger and says, I want you to give sacrificially. And your response is, man, I'm looking for sticks, man. What, what, what more does God want? I've got a little bit of water. I've got a little bit of oil and flour. My, my, I've got a household to take care of. I have no, what does God want from me? He wants what he asked for because he asked for what he's already given you. And it isn't that he's asking this widow to give everything up so that she will die, which is on her mind. It's so that he might show himself faithful in her life and use this widow in the life of Elijah to show Elijah that he's faithful because Elijah's gonna go from, from difficulty to difficulty. To di- he's gonna, it's gonna get higher where finally, we're gonna meet him at Mount Carmel and that's not even the epitome of difficulty, but he's going to be on Mount Carmel trusting in God for fire to come down. I mean, it, you, we'll get there. Read ahead. You've got to read ahead the next couple chapters. He only covers a couple chapters. Elijah will blow your mind. It, 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 is, it is a mind-blowing experience, but it's not just reserved for Elijah. Like God wants to do that work in us in the 21st century, building our faith, trust, causing us to trust. And, and this generosity comes, yes, in times of abundance for sure, but also in times of desperation. Here you are in a desperate situation. Here you are with great difficulty. Perhaps it's your fault that you're in financial trouble. Perhaps you thought buying into the American dream and you would get out of debt and you could just get what you want when you want. Just like when we got married, I brought so much credit card debt into our marriage because I just bought anything. I mean, they gave me a credit card. I didn't even have a job and they gave me a credit card. I'm like, I like this, but I didn't like the bill. I didn't understand back then, or I refused to understand what 24% interest meant, compounded daily, what did I care? That I would make a $100 payment, but an interest was $130, and it just kept adding and adding, the whole way this world, that's why we do financial classes here, to train you how the world system works, so that you can learn how to use unrighteous mammon for the kingdom of God, and not be used by the system and just be buried all buried, and maybe the, the hesitancy you have in generosity—whether it's in tithes and offerings, whether it's helping family, whether it's helping a neighbor—maybe the issue is your fault. Okay, confess it to the Lord and pray that He'll get you out of it, because He can get you out of it. You can get out of even the world system the way it works. You can get out of debt, so that the Lord can use your resources that He's entrusted to you for the kingdom of God. Maybe it's not your fault. A layoff. Uh, company that was, that, that was strong at one time, now bad leadership, and now they're laying off. Or, or we saw a few years ago uh, with Bernie Madoff and, and how he ripped everyone off and just devastated retirement accounts and, and devastated an industry through lies and deceptions. That's, that's our world. Our fault, their fault, doesn't matter whose fault, God is faithful. God is faithful to you. God is faithful to his word, just like it says here, God is faithful Uh, In verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up. That's a miracle. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. And why? Why? The Bible says, according to the word of the Lord. And Elijah is learning today from this widow, as she's learning personally, that those who faithfully give God his first seem to always find that there's sufficient leftover afterwards. You never run out. There's always more than enough of God's faithfulness to go around. And this Gentile widow trusts God through the word of a prophet, through a man of God, steps out into faith. Here she was thinking that the end was near, her personal end, that it was all going to be done. And it was very obvious. Like there, there was no rain, That there was famine, there was difficulty. She's getting to the bare minimum. What is she going to get if she sells a few sticks or uses them for, what is it going to be? What, what can she, like she can never catch up. It feels like she can never catch up. And what little she has, Elijah asked for, why? Because God was testing her and proving to her his faithfulness, this Gentile woman outside of the covenant of God. I love it. We just can't skip by too fast. This, in verse 15, notice. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. I just love that. We can't be so fast just to skip by, as God says, according to the word of Elijah, according to the word. And then again in verse 16, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke. That little phrase is a prayer. Turn that phrase, church, into a prayer and begin to pray the word of God in your life according to the promise that he gave you, according to the vision that he gave you, according to the calling that he gave you, uh, matched by the faith that he gave you. Maybe, you, maybe you, you, you at one time received the word of the Lord and you were filled with faith, but now here you are and you're down here and your faith is like that jar of oil or that canister of flour. There's just nothing left. And God says, you give me what you have give me what you have. Give me what you have. Yeah, you, 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 wanted, you once had, man, all the decisions you made, and you were bold, and you were obedient. People thought you were crazy, and here you are. But now over a few years, a few years, there's not much left, and you're not so faithful anymore, and you're thinking about quitting, and you're thinking about throwing in the towel, and you're not sure you even heard from the Lord. Listen, God's saying to you today, give me what you have, and then pray the prayer. God, do according to your word in my life. Do according to your word. Some of you need to go home and you need to think of the last time you heard from the Lord and hold on to that. Now, it could be that you're here or it could be that you're not here and you're listening to me. Go back to the word. Listen to, or or maybe even even pray, "Lord, Lord, send me a prophet. Send me a messenger. And, you know, send me a text message. You can pray that. God, send me a text message. And he'll put it on someone's heart to send you a text message. And you're like, I didn't ask for a text message from them. (laughs) You did. You did. You come to a service like this and you say, God, speak to me. I'm not just coming to, to show face to people. I'm not just coming to... I want to hear from God tonight in my abiding moment-by-moment moment relationship. I want to hear from God. I want, I want what little flour I have, what little oil, you know, it's a whole different thing that we could do. We don't have time, but the oil, speaking of the Spirit of God, an unending reservoir, rivers of living water from you through the Holy Spirit. If you don't give and you and I are not generous, we're gonna be out picking up sticks when we could have our jars filled with God's faithfulness. What's it gonna be, church? Sticks or the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. And the result of her faith was that her needs were met miraculously and didn't
0: run out because that's our faithful God and that's where we'll end. Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Pastor Ed, this was such an important lesson today on putting God first, and God will take care of us. We're to trust the Lord, whether we have a handful or a cupboard full. I can't help but think of the single mom that's struggling to make ends meet. Is there anything you'd like to add as we close things out? You know, Larry, I have a
1: special sensitivity to singles and single moms especially and single dads uh, that are doing double time in providing for the needs of their family and raising the children. And it's not an easy place to be. And for those of you that are in that position right now, this season of singleness, this season of single parenting, I just pray God's blessings upon your life, that you would receive the needed strength and provision, both spiritually and physically. Uh, to remain faithful, just drawing on the resources of God. You know, sometimes you, you get overwhelmed and, and you get buried under the weight of responsibility, but I'm always reminded that God is faithful, that He is our provider. He provides for all of our needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. And so let me just pray for you, single parent, that might be listening in. Father, I do ask for your hand to be upon that single mom, that single dad, that has put their hand to the plow and are not looking back. They're dedicated to following you and also being a reliable, faithful, responsible parent for their child or their children, uh, really fulfilling both roles in this season. And I just pray for any discouragement that might be coming their way, just really getting down, uh, because being worn down physically and spiritually, God, it's uh, just a uh, fertile ground for the enemy's attacks and temptations. So strengthen that single parent, especially those that are praying and waiting on you right now for your provision. May you provide according to your word, according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks, Ed. And friend, if you'd like to give this a second listen, drop by CalvaryAurora.org and search for Generous Giving. Here in the month of December, we picked out a great book we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. It would even make a great Christmas gift. It's called The Case for Christ. Like a journalist would do, Lee Strobel does a personal investigation, searching out evidence that would either confirm or deny Jesus as the Son of God, Savior of the world. And we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please remember that it's through your support that we're able to bring Abounding Grace to your radio station every day. Maybe the Lord is stirring your heart to get involved in this radio ministry. We are so thankful for each and every gift that comes in, large or small. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org. Again, we can be reached at 877-30-GRACE. Set aside another half hour to join us next time when we'll dig deeper into First Kings with Pastor Ed Taylor here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado.